Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Well, good morning and happy Easter. Christ is indeed risen. It is so good to be together. And even as we came out together on a chilly morning, we could feel the warmth of the sunshine and the brightness of this day does remind us a bit of the contrast to that first Easter morning. As Pastor Diane said in her prayer, the joy that we experience today is not exactly what was reflected at the tomb early on that Sunday morning. As we look at the gospel story from John chapter 20, I want you to picture yourself there. Walk alongside those first eyewitnesses and notice how the light unfolds in this account from John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple the one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. So we see in John chapter 20 that that Easter morning did not begin bright and cheery. It's a scene that unfolds in darkness. It's a darkness that had no doubt hung over Jesus' friends all weekend, ever since the horrific events of Good Friday, lingering with them into that Sabbath Saturday and into Saturday night as well. I imagine for Jesus' followers, that Sabbath Saturday was a Sabbath like no other. Still a holy day, but a time of confusion and disorientation. This Jesus upon whom they had placed their hopes, their dreams, in whom they had placed their faith, had been killed. And now everything was in turmoil. Every hope, every promise seemed to be cut off, and it just fell flat. And so all they could do on Friday was try to get the body down from the cross before sunset when the Sabbath would begin. And they waited through Saturday until at least a somewhat reasonable hour on Sunday when they could go and tend to the body and make final preparations for Jesus' burial. But then even in the darkness of that early Sunday morning, there's a flicker of light Perhaps even amid the confusion and bewilderment, a glimmer of hope. Mary Magdalene, whom Scripture tells us was a woman 
out of whom Jesus had cast seven demons and who had been among those women who followed Jesus closely as he traveled from Galilee to Jerusalem, came running to Peter to let him know that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb and that Jesus was gone. Suspecting foul play, Mary and Peter and an unnamed disciple who is no doubt the Apostle John, the author of this gospel, hurried breathlessly to the tomb to try to figure out what was going on. And when they get there, it's as if their brains can't process the signals their eyes are receiving. It doesn't make sense. They see the wrappings that had been used to cover the body lying there, but, but Jesus is gone. The body is missing. And so the two disciples headed back to let the other disciples who had gathered in an upper room that day to tell them what was going on. But Mary, we're told, lingered at the tomb, distraught. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. There are so many word pictures that we use, metaphors that, that link for us light and understanding, knowledge. We talk about facts being brought into the light where they can be seen. Comic strips will draw little light bulbs over people's heads to show that they get it. There's some epiphany going on. We talk about having finally seen the light when we understand something, and we talk about being left in the dark if details are withheld from us. Mary came to the tomb that morning, we're told, while it was still dark. It was dark around her. It was a dark morning, but it was also dark within her. Her understanding was very limited at that point. There was darkness and cloudiness in her mind but she would become enlightened. Mary looked into the tomb and saw two angels, but from her rather matter-of-fact interaction with them, it's clear she doesn't understand that they are heavenly beings. And likewise, when she encounters Jesus himself, she mistakes him for the gardener. And so we get the sense that Mary that morning had eyes so filled with tears and a heart so filled with grief. She just couldn't see or think clearly. She was in the dark. All she wants to know is where she can find Jesus. And she's groping blindly for an answer. 
And then with one word from her risen Savior, everything changes for her. Mary. She hears her name spoken. That one word, her own name, shines as a light in the dimness of that dawn. It cuts through the cobwebs of Mary's grief and disorientation. That one word, her name, snaps Mary back into her senses, breaks her from her mournful reverie. That one word, Mary, also shines a light on a new and just too wonderful to be true reality for this woman who truly loved Jesus. He was alive and speaking to her. And she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which means teacher. But Jesus said, don't hold on to me. I need to ascend to the Father, to my God, to your God. And we hear from other gospel accounts of that morning that Mary had fallen at his feet, had clasped his ankles. And so that's why Jesus is saying, don't hold on to me just yet. It's an act of worship that Jesus was very much deserving but he had an assignment for Mary. She had places to go, and so did Jesus. The light continued to unfold that morning, first for Mary and then for the disciples. Jesus sent Mary to the disciples with this news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them all the things he had said to her. The one who had restored Mary's life who had released her from demonic possession, had risen from the dead as the light of the world. That light of the world that had seemingly been extinguished the previous Friday night, but it hadn't been gone for long. And growing light was now pushing its way into and through the darkness and gloom. And this has been our theme during these past six weeks of the season of Lent, We've seen that God has always been in the business of bringing light into darkness, bringing truth into places where God's truth needs to shine forth. It's always been part of God's plan and God's activity that the people God created would not need to stumble around in the darkness, but they they would have truth to illuminate their way and their lives. Among the very first words of the Bible is God's pronouncement, let there be light, and there was light. And I so appreciate how our design team has given us these images on the platform over this season to to bring to light these images, these metaphors, as scripture comes to light before our eyes. We look to the stars, and we marvel with the psalmist at God's creation and his design that there be light in the darkness. Let's read aloud together from Psalm 8. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? And then the four torches remind us of of a Jewish festival where Jesus came into that festival marked by light and said, I am the light of the world. 
Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus opened the eyes of one born blind and of many blind people so they could see the world around them and so they could see for themselves their healer, their savior, their Lord, and so that they might put their faith and trust in him. The chairs and table remind us of a private meeting between Jesus and a Jewish leader named Nicodemus. And that night, Jesus told him, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. That night, Jesus shined a light into the heart of Nicodemus. He illuminated his understanding so that Nicodemus would know what was being asked of him and being offered to him, and who it was that was meeting with him that night. And then over on this side of the platform, we see these globes illuminated from within. We're reminded of John's teaching in chapter 3 of his gospel, that whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that, they, that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And we remember that just as Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he told his followers, so are you. You are the light of the world. And the light you have within you is not meant to be hidden, but to be shared, to shine to a world in darkness. The light that's within us who follow Jesus is meant to leak out and to be let out so that others might find their way to Jesus, the light of the world. A couple of weeks ago, the tomb reminded us of the time that Jesus raised his friend Lazarus from death to life. And he told the sister of Lazarus, Martha, that day, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then just last Sunday, we heard the shouts of people lining the road as they waved their palms and shouted, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And the crosses of Good Friday reminded us that, that maybe some of those same people who shouted Hosanna on Sunday had cried out, crucify him. On Friday, the world is in desperate need of light, and the light indeed has overcome the darkness. The prophet Isaiah declares that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now, this is a verse that's most often uh, read at Christmas time, as we think about this light coming to the world as a baby born in Bethlehem, a baby who, born in human flesh, is in fact the Son of God. But as Pastor Diane reminded us, the story of Easter begins 
then and there, and actually begins from God's let there be light of Genesis 1.1. The coming of Jesus has always been about the unfolding of light and truth and understanding and the illumination of people's lives. When Mary heard her master and teacher speak her name, there was something that, that lit up inside of her, something that clicked, like a switch went on. She felt something stir inside of her that pointed to the illuminated life that's possible for each of us because Jesus rose from the grave. Like the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus' grave was emptied as well. And Jesus wasn't the first or only person to rise from the dead, but he was the only one not to die again. He triumphed over death. He leads us out of our spiritual death and darkness through our own physical deaths into spiritual eternal life and into the promise of the resurrection of our own bodies. Mary placed her faith in Jesus, and even though things seemed dark and disorienting that morning, she came to realize her faith was not misplaced. It had seemed like the end of all of her hopes on that dark morning, but it was not the end of the story. And this morning, if there's anyone here who has not yet received the gift of forgiveness and new life and the grace of God poured out in love through his son, Jesus Christ, I would love to speak with you. Any of our pastors would love to talk to you about what exactly we mean when we say that that first Easter morning literally changed everything. It would be our honor to speak with you and to pray with you. And for those of us who do name Jesus as our Lord, who shout today that Christ is risen and that the tomb is empty, for those of us who seek to live our lives differently because God has actually illuminated them from the inside out, I think we can learn a bit from Mary Magdalene, whose story reminds us that our stories, as we share about the truth and the light within us, doesn't have to be super complex. Mary went to the disciples and said, I've seen the Lord. That was her story. Then she repeated those things that he had told her. It was pretty simple. I've been with Jesus. I've seen him. Here's my story. Here's what happened to me. He came as light into my darkness. And our own words of witness, I think, can be as beautifully straightforward as that. Her announcement to the disciples that morning was not loaded with theology. It was overflowing with joy. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Would you join me in prayer? Jesus, Messiah, risen Lord and Savior, light of the world, we praise you and we worship you today for you have risen. And so like Mary, we fall at your feet and worship. Jesus, would you help us to recognize your voice when you call our name? And would we turn to you in love, in adoration, in obedience? Jesus, make us quick and eager to share the good news that we have seen you as well. And may we be eager to share the things that we have learned from you. 
King Jesus, we praise you today as the one, the only one who has triumphed over death itself and who leads us into true, abundant, eternal light and life. Amen.